Um, the children are heading out. I invited uh, um, Rosa to come and just share her uh, brave story um, with us. Um, couple uh, months ago, she's uh, in the choir and helped uh, lead us in a, a solo part as part of her brave journey, um, part of her um, being called into the ocean and keeping her eyes above the waves. And so, Rosa, thanks for sharing that with us. Good morning. Just holding the microphone itself is a step towards walking in bravery. Um, I would like to share with you, um, and this is for you and for me, uh, knowing that God did not give us a spirit of fear. He did not. One of the ways the enemy tried to close the mouth of the believer is through the spirit of fear and intimidation. Fear and intimidation convinced me into believing that I was just an average person regardless of the fact that I have earned a master's degree, I have raised five children to adulthood, I've written and published three books, I've been named Teacher of the Year. But still, I saw myself as just being an average person. Up until recent, I used to get clobbered by the spirit of intimidation and have been locked in chains most of my life. Fear and intimidation throttled my gifts and held me back into believing that I was less than, not worthy enough, and less valued. And for a long time, I mean a really long time, I took the back seat because I was never expected to step up to the front. And because of my actions, it soon became a misconception by others that I was just afraid to do. Fear and intimidation even began to interfere with my communion with God. And when you're used to communion with God and it's interrupted, you'll do whatever it takes to get back into communion. And for me, it began with repentance and prayer. Walking into bravery has changed my whole life. It meant coming to a new church, letting God immerse me in his healing power from brokenness and unworthiness and being showered in his perfect love. 1 John 4.18 tells me, perfect love casts out fear. A couple of months ago, I was asked to do something that I never thought I was good enough to do. And all they wanted me to do was just to sing a, just a small solo in a song with the choir. Who, me? I began to question and ask myself, why me? And why now? Especially since I was so familiar to that back seat. That was my territory. That was the only territory I knew. But it was not the territory God had given me to occupy. Am I good enough to step forward? That plagued my mind. And then God put good people, really good people into my life. 
who showed me how to let go, how to let him, and for his glory by using the gifts that he had given me. In the song Brave, it says he calls us out beyond the shore into the, wo- into the waves and into his grace. No fear can hinder the promises that God has made. God did not call me out into the waves to feel comfortable, and he didn't make me brave so I could stay right where I was and had been for a long time. He called me to go out into situations and into places that are strange, hard, and even scary, like leading a song. So I had to step forward, and I did. I took that step, and I went beyond the shore, and I got soaked. (laughs) I got so soaked, I did not feel the chains coming off of me. God has made me brave so I can stand tall and see myself as he sees me. I am far above average, way above average. I am God's divine creation made in his image. And he declares to me that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Who knew that getting wet and free could be so exhilarating? And so refreshing. Amen. Thank you. Thanks, So there is, there are no just ordinary people in this room. Every one of us are fearfully and wonderfully made. The Bible's filled with all kinds of crazy, broken people that God fills with bravery. That God's created for bravery. Just just, uh, like each one of us. And not just for brave actions every once in a while but for a life that is characterized more and more by bravery, more and more by faithfulness, a a life that that pursues biblical justice, that that lives into scandalous grace, and that acts with sacrificial love because we're we're filled with God's Spirit and we, we pursue His way of life Filled with his bravery. So if, if you are thinking that you could stay in the back seat. You know, you've heard the word. You, you can't. God, God is calling you forth in your particular place. To not just float downstream of life anymore. No way just sort of skating through. Because if you are, you're, you're missing out. You're, you're denying the power of God's Spirit who is alive in you. And we're all missing. Because you're just staying in the back seat.
You know, the, the Bible is filled with people, all kinds of people that, that live into bravery, but they're all kinds of messed up. I mean, Noah, you know, was brave enough to build this big old boat in the middle of the desert. You know, he was a drunk. Abraham and Sarah, they were too old to do anything. Jacob, the very one who's very people of God came from him. He was a liar. Leah, we're told, was just plain ugly. It says... Joseph, Joseph was arrogant, thought he was it, the pick of the litter. Moses stuttered, had weak, weak thoughts about himself, tried to weasel out of everything. Gideon, one of the great battle warriors, was petrified and afraid over and over again. Samson was a womanizer. Rahab was a prostitute. Jeremiah and Timothy, they were way too young. David, great King David, was an adulterer and a murderer. Elijah struggled with depression and even suicidal thoughts. Isaiah, the great prophet, failed to bring revival out of his people. Jonah, hearing directly from God, ran from God at every opportunity. John the Baptist, he was just plain and simple weird. I mean, the guy wore weird clothes, they were scratchy, and he ate weird stuff. I mean, he ate bugs. The disciples, the people that Jesus called around him, they were always arguing with one another about who was the best. And whenever Jesus was in deep prayer, they were falling asleep. So I know a few of you qualify on that note. Martha was worried all the time. The Samaritan woman was divorced once, twice, three, four times. Zacchaeus was a cheater, and on top of that, he was too short. Paul was too religious and persecuted the church with zeal. And Timothy, he he didn't have the physical makeup to get it done, probably had an ulcer of, of some kind. And Lazarus, he was dead, and God still made him brave. And then the, 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 the person that we've talked about pretty regularly through this series as one that God made brave was Peter, who denied Jesus to his face. That's the biblical hall of fame. Those are the ones that God has filled with his spirit and, and sent out to do his work. See, there are none. There are none who are unqualified. All filled with His Spirit are then led to, to lives of bravery in Him. Not just particular actions here, but lives that grow into faithfulness and obedience. That's who God has created us. And calling us to be. To join with that hall of fame. Let's pray together. 
Gracious God, thank you for your written word. Thank you for your living spirit um, within us now. Help us hear. Help us apply in our own lives and in our lives as a, as a church. Where is it that you're calling us to, to act um, in bravery? What are, you, what are you calling us to do? What small, sustainable, sacred step would you have for us to take so that we might continue to grow into the lives of bravery and faithfulness and courage for your glory. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. All right, so, so Peter has just ended with, you know, re- remember um, his particular story. Um, and some of you may not have, uh, be, be familiar with it. Um, Peter was one of the disciples, one of the ones that Jesus called the rock. And he was the one who's going to build the church on. I mean, significant calling and, and leading. And he's been hanging out with Jesus and other disciples, you know, for three years. And um, as uh, we talked about, Mitch talked about last week, you know, he was, he was there when Jesus was on the cross, Peter was on the ground, and he was busy telling everybody that would hear him that he didn't know who that dude was. In the midst of the moment, he was a coward. He was, he was weak. He was broken. And yet he's the one that God makes brave as we see today for today we're going to move into the book of uh, acts which is the story of the church and in acts chapter 2 i mean jesus um, has he's died he's been raised from the dead he's been hanging out with the disciples for 40 days and now he's ascended into heaven and in acts chapter 2 and we're going we'll talk about this even more a couple weeks from now on pentecost Sunday, where we'll celebrate the Holy Spirit now coming upon the church. So the, the Holy Spirit now fills all who follow after Jesus and is the fuel, as we'll see. Jesus, the, the Spirit is the fuel for, for living in to bravery. And so Peter now, the one who has denied Jesus just two months ago, is now the one on the scene in Acts chapter 2 where he is going to deliver the first sermon. The first sermon of the church. This is the first revival. The first tent revival of the church is right there. The spirits come upon them. People are gathered. Peter delivers the sermon. It's all right there in chapter 2. And we're told at the end of the sermon he has an uh, uh, altar call of some kind. And 3,000 come to know Jesus. This one who is a coward, characterized by, by weakness, And fear is now the one proclaiming the name of Jesus. And thousands are coming to know him. Then, if you... um, uh, Chapter 3, what we're told is in Peter and John, one of the other disciples, as they're hanging around the the city, they go through the gate called Beautiful. And and there they go through the the Beautiful Gate. Um, They encounter a man who's been there almost his whole life. I mean, he's... he's, uh, he's, uh, crippled and he's asking for alms asking for gifts as people go through and and then peter and john as they see him they say you know we don't have any money but um what i do have i give you in the name of jesus be healed and and the man who's been lame his whole life is now healed and he's up walking around and and so now everybody's seeing this so huge crowd is starting to gather again And, and peter now he sees 
this the same pattern as before. As people gather, he starts preaching again. And, and it becomes rather chaotic. And it becomes rather exciting. And the murmur is, is getting louder and louder. And what happens then is that the religious leaders, the religious bigwigs of the day, they don't like the chaos. And I think as well they don't like the competition. Because they're supposed to be the ones that have the religious fervor. They're the ones with the religious energy. Now here's this guy, this uh, no-name guy who's, hanging, who's been hanging out with the guy they, they just crucified on the cross. And so they, come, they don't like it. So they come in and they arrest Peter and John and put them in jail for the night. Now I'm sure in the first century they had appropriate rights for people who were in jail. Don't you think? Probably not. I doubt very seriously it was a very comfortable night being in jail in the first century. Imagine it was a rather scary experience. And so now we're going to see how does... I imagine Peter probably had flashbacks to the cross. You know, and he was at the cross with Jesus on the cross. And that fear could very easily you know, overtaken him. What... What was it going to be like after that night in jail? Well, that's where we pick it up in chapter 4, verse 7, on page 887 in, uh, in your pew Bible. So now Peter and John are before the religious bigwigs of the day, and here's their interrogation of them. When they, the religious bigwigs, had made the prisoners stand in their midst, they inquired, By what power or by what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders, If we are questioned today because of a good deed done to someone who was sick and are asked how this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that this man is standing before you in good health by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders. It has become the cornerstone. There is no sal- there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among mortals by which we must be saved. I mean, in today's parlance, Peter should have said that and then dropped the mic, word, and been out. There is no other name upon which anyone can be saved. Would have been it, right? You know, that somebody, you hip-hop folks, man, you got to take that and make that into hip-hop right there and just drop it and word and walk out of the building on that one. That's one who is a life of bravery now before all who had the very... His life in his hands. And now he is in the power of the Spirit proclaiming the name of Jesus. That's a life of bravery that God has created us for and that is leading us into that. And yes, that's you and me. No one in here is exempt because it's not about you. It's about the Holy Spirit and the name and power of Jesus. 
And look at the next verse. As, as, as Peter has finished his proclamation, then what, does, what do the religious bigwigs say? Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and realized they were uneducated and ordinary men, they were amazed and recognized them as companions of Jesus. These guys simply had been chilling with Jesus together. And the Spirit had filled them with boldness, with bravery. That's who they were. And that's open to anybody and everybody that will come to Jesus. See, now, the religious bigwigs of the day, they had it wrong. They had some kind of elitism. They had some kind of, of categories of people who were qualified and who could carry this out or not. Those who were supposed to be brave and those who were supposed to be silent. Those who were supposed to be in the back seat and those who were supposed to come in the front seat. They had those categories. That's not the way that Jesus works. There is no certain birthright that we're to have. There, there, there is no uh, 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 correct pedigree. There, there is no right resume. There, there, there is no curriculum vitae that is required. You don't have to fulfill any prerequisites. You don't have to have certain work experiences. It is simply filled with the Holy Spirit going forth in the name of Jesus. And that is what leads us into the life of bravery. Because you well know it. Those that have been walking through this brave journey... God brings you the storms. You don't have to go looking for them. You don't have to be a storm chaser. They come. Right? He brings that before us and He then creates in us, matures in us, works in us more and more the person of Jesus All of us, as followers of Jesus, just as Peter and John called together to hang out with Jesus, let Him lead us and make us brave to, to fight the injustice of our world, to go against the evil that is rampant among us, address issues of poverty, of education, of opportunity, recognizing that there are people around us who are going to hell and they don't even know it. That there, there are children and youth around us who are playing with the devil and they just think it's the right thing to do. There are friends who are sidetracked in selfishness. There are family members who are overwhelmed with addiction. There are churches still living in the days of segregation, refusing to live into the power of the cross today. And the generations grow further and further apart because they don't see the church really making any kind of impact. Not living into that bravery, but just sticking, staying in the back seat. And we see the forces around us that are at work, insidious ways, trying to undo the work of God in our families. No, we're, God's calling us to be brave. He's calling us to live into a life of faithfulness so that we might face 
those kind of issues and make a difference. I don't know if we'll change our neighborhood. I don't know if we'll change our city. I don't know if we'll change anything. But I know God can, if God's timing, what he's calling us to do is live into bravery and make a difference where we live, where we eat, where we worship, where we work, where we play, where we pray. And that's the call for whole bunch of ordinary people who are made extraordinary by the power of his spirit in the name of Jesus. To not be satisfied by pursuing our own safety and comfort, but to step out into the storms where Jesus calls us. Now, during this series, what I'm, I'm wondering... Um, What in in this series has helped you take brave steps? Throughout the series, if you did this stuff during the week or um, you were in small groups, there were were requirements, there were were times you needed to, to give name to a particular brave step that you were going to take. And what I'm curious about are what are the things that helped you make that step? Okay, what, what were the supports that were around you? Or what were the, the things that, that drew you into that? Or that, that in, in a sense, you, you couldn't say no to that. Or it, it helped you to take that brave step. You know, like, like for me, um, braves, one of the brave steps I had to take, you know, it gave, one time it gave you a list of things, and you had to pick the ones you didn't want to do the most, and, uh, or that you want to do the least. And that's all, you know, it's always admit I was wrong. I just don't like that. It's not a gift. It's not fun. I don't do it. And, and so I wish it, I could say, well, I'm not gifted in that, so therefore I don't have to do it. But, you know, that doesn't work. Um, but that was one of the steps I had to take. Maybe you had to, but the things, there were, there were things that helped me, guidelines and things that sort of pushed me and forced me or called me into that. Um, and what, what I want you to do, here's my cell number. I got my phone right here. I, I want you to write down for me. Um, just send it in. What were the things that helped you to take the brave step? Well, I don't want to know what the brave step was. Um, well, you can tell me that. But what I'm really asking is what helped you take that brave step? Um, one of the things, uh, it's, it's working. Um, one of the things for me was memorizing scripture um, and was a Bible passage um, uh, because one of the things I needed to step into was a particularly anxious um, situation, a conflictual relationship, and I needed to, to step into that, and that's never fun. But in one of the times in Romans, in the, during the small group stuff, Romans 15, 13, um, and this helps me memorize passages at times uh, given hand motions, but it's um, may the, the God of hope, Fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you might abound in hope. And that that sense for me, that passage, that sense of hope, that that hope that that came, that that joy, the sense of knowing, yeah, you step it, you do the right thing, you know it's going to lead to life. That that really is what encouraged me. So, some of what uh, you said, a song, 
You know, the, the Oceans song. Um, some, it was your, your group, your particular group. You know, having people around you that, that made you to do something so that you, you had both guidelines. Well, go make, take a brave step. And then you had people that you knew you were going to have to tell it to. That kind of accountability. That comes up uh, a number uh, of times. And for some of you, it was, you know, somebody just said, you know, uh, my job ended, so I had no choice. You know, there's sometimes that God just says, here you go. And, and you, you had that. Others were saying there was a real sense of feeling God's touch in the, the middle of that. There was a real spiritual experience that was uh, you encountered um, during this. Again, that uh, accountability, that meeting with folks in your, your group, having a, a prayer a covenant with one another, praying for one another. Um, those are some of the things that folks mentioned um, that, they, uh, in, that helped them take that brave step. You know, there's scripture, there's relationship with other people where you're going to ask one another, just how's it going? How is it with your soul? Did you fulfill what you said you were going to do? Uh, There were worship gatherings that that moved you, particular songs. Some folks share with me the uh, um, prayer, uh, the brave prayer experience. That going down to that, having that guided prayer experience for a couple folks that, you know, that, I thought I was going to be there 30, 45 minutes, just wanted to get a taste. The next thing you know, it's turning my life upside down. You know, those kind of things. Different, um, oh wow, somebody even said a sermon in here. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> Thanks. <clears throat> Thank you. Yeah, you know, those, uh, um, the, the emails, just sending yourself emails that were reminders. Of the, you know, the, they're, they're those kind of, of structures that help us to, to grow into our um, faithfulness. Um, and, and, and maybe it's during this series or maybe even something else that's going on. But you can identify what those are. Well, this is what uh, um, I challenge us to do Um, pick one what's one of those things one of those guidelines one of those helps those habits that help to encourage us and challenge us to continue to grow um, in Christ to to live into bravery and um, call it and what in in the the other churches as we the number of pastors we get together weekly and just talk about this and as we um, started talking about this. We said, yeah, let's call everybody to a small, sustainable, sacred step. Just a small, sustainable, sacred step that will help you continue to live into bravery. I mean, just like these guys, just like um, John, just like uh, Peter, they were hanging out with Jesus together. They had one another, and they'd been companions um, with Jesus. So what, what for you, as you look to the summer, what's one thing? Maybe it is a relationship with another where you'll get together weekly or have a phone call weekly. And just simply, in that, comp, that relationship is one where you're going to ask each other, how is it with your soul? 
What's, what's Jesus doing in your life? What's the Spirit doing within you? Or, or maybe it's you know, a, a time of faithfully praying or a time of reading the Scriptures or a, a time of um, uh, having some kind of uh, spiritual guide. Um, uh, you know, version, the app, version, the Bible, they got all kinds of reading plans on there that are just that are daily plans with devotions where you're reading the scripture and um, giving a, a thought around that thought that you can do every day. Whatever what's one thing? One small, sustainable, sacred step for you that you've really benefited from that you want to continue. Now, this summer, starting in June, we're going to um, uh, walk, we're going to chill with Jesus um, for, uh, through the Gospel of Luke. We're, we're going to, in a sense, you know, go on the, the campaign trail with Jesus. We're going to hear a number of his stump speeches um, throughout uh, June, July, and August. And we'll have opportunity that during the middle hour just to, to sit with that. We'll have daily readings um, that you can do um, throughout the, the summer as well. If any of those things, that'll start in June um, and go through August. There's another option for you to consider. A small, sustainable, sacred step for, for you that will that has worked and that you want to continue um, through the summer. You know, what's really good is we gather at the table for communion. You know, this is one um, where what God has set before us, this, this sacrament that we do regularly, you know, that, that he calls us to do. Baptism is the one time. We do that one time as we, we turn to him. But communion is that sacrament that we do because we need to be fed by Jesus. And there's a, a, a spiritual element where God touches us and meets us in, in this sacrament. Uh, what, what for you is that, that other place that has really benefited you during this that you want to continue through the summer? Make, make that commitment, that small, sustainable step, sacred step, and tell somebody. You know, tell somebody, yeah, this is what I want to do. Um, whatever you know, that might be uh, for you. Now, as we, as we come to the, the table and as we have the, the, the time of, of healing stations and prayer stations, um, let, let that be a time where you really sit with this, where you listen to the Spirit. You know, what, what is that small, sustainable, sacred step? It can be very, a very simple thing. It doesn't have to be huge Take this time and listen. Maybe during the prayer stations, you want to go up to someone to pray with and, and for you because you're not sure what it is. Or maybe that's the person you want to tell and say, pray for me for this particular step. Or you might have some particular brave journey step that you, you still haven't fulfilled yet. And maybe around your brave heading. Let's, let's take this time and really receive God's Spirit through the, the sacrament and engage in prayer with others um, th- during the, the prayer stations where other folks will be spread out the sanctuary to pray with you and for you.